Welcome to the M2 Podcast. This is a show where we cover gaming industry-related news for the week. We're talking about topics of esports personalities, a little bit of gaming industry-related news just in general, new and upcoming games and technology and innovation in gaming space. So without further ado, I'm your host, Michael Ancy, my co-host, Mr. J.K. Heath, Kyle Heath, my man. What have you been up to this last week? Oh, dude, what have I been up to? You already know I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy. I don't even need to get into that. Bro, this is the thing. I was like thinking about it the other day. I was like, we're coming up on a month this game's been out. This is how busy I've been, all right? I got like 20, I think 24 hours at this point. But that's it across a month. So, you know, <laughs> it's been a... that's, that's like basically nothing. <laughs> yeah. So like... you've had a lot of like uh, personal stuff going on? Yeah, you, you know, personal stuff, you know, vacations, work stuff, oh, you yeah. know, just, just a lot of just life, I guess, you know, as, as they mm. as you say, as you get older, you know, just life. It's got stuff going gets on. In the way. So. And yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny, too. I saw a uh, video, I think it was from Game Ranks, and it was like um, and it was talking about like the the difficulty it is to find like game time whenever you're like employed <laughs> it's kind of like it was going through like the top six like when you're employed gaming like you know like hurdles and stuff that you have to face and like oh, one of them yeah. was one of them was so true in the fact that like when like and sometimes for me this is how why i struggle to play games is like you'll get like you'll finally have time to play but then you'll get on and then you're just suddenly riddled with anxiety of like okay is everything done? Do I need to do other stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, is there stuff I'm missing from work? Like, it's just like, and you just can't like get into it. But then you have to like force yourself, and then you're like in a rhythm. So yeah, that's a very yeah, that's really that's super relatable. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I've had to go through that plenty of times. Yeah, it's just like you're sitting there, and you're like, should I be doing something else? So that's like, I don't know. That that was one probably the point I related to the most. But yeah, anyway, it's just kind of funny thing. Like I. You know, I it's been good to like have time to game and stuff like that, but it's been a lot of Hogwarts Legacy. I'm still, I mean, twenty four hours, twenty four hours in at this point. I'm still very much enjoying the game, um, which is good. Like it hasn't gotten stale. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I love, I love the loop. I love, I love the fact that like it, it's it, like playing this game makes me want to eventually try out Witcher Three, even though I know the combat's going to be very different and it's going to be. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that I feel like could like pull me out. Um, but it's just like just the story alone. I've heard you know the yeah, best thing yeah, so i i know you well enough to know that you're very like story driven when it yeah. comes to video games if there's a good story you'll play it no matter what yeah and witcher 3 the wild hunt i mean dude that's well regarded as like i would argue is probably one of the best games of the modern era maybe yeah. like top three ever yeah man that's what like, i've heard in, too in so. terms of content it's amazing so good yeah best rpg arguably i guess amongst you know um rpg yeah. fans so and i don't know they, i mean this hogwarts legacy just reminds me how like how consuming an rpg is but how fun it is just to like have plenty to do and like the gameplay loop hasn't like gotten stale yet so like i don't know for me that's very enjoyable yeah so um i don't know playing a lot of that i try to think if i had much time to play anything else really it's just kind of like if I have time to game, it's been like dedicated to that because I want to finish it. But I also like want it to last, so I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, doing everything I can and just like taking it all in. And it's been a been a breath of fresh air. But you know, we have a lot of games coming out soon, so you know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta wrap this up. You know, sometime That's soon. A fact. You know what I mean? And I have a trip <laughs> at the end of the month too, so it's like, can I wrap it up before then? Hopefully. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that's that's been all my gaming time. Um, saw the second to last episode of Last of Us. I also saw that the ratings behind it, uh, I think it was up like 75% from the premiere, like the series premiere. 
So like that's how that's how this series is doing. It's still like breaking records and you know so <laughs> pulling numbers, but it's really good. So um, yeah, last episode's uh, Sunday, and I don't know how I feel about it because it's uh, it's so good. But yeah, um, I well both you and I know how it's gonna end. Um, do you think it's gonna be a two-hour episode? No, and see, I was actually gonna mention that because I, I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet somewhere, and this really surprised me. But it, it was a tweet. I think it said it only had like a 45-minute runtime. It's like one of the shortest episodes they're doing, which made like no really? sense to me. I was like, I was like, really? Like only 45? There's a, like, there's like a lot that's supposed to happen in like the a final episode less than 45 minutes. Yeah, no, and it's like so. There's every, gonna be a huge yeah. time jump. I mean, yeah. I feel yeah, I feel like there's there, there's probably gonna either be stuff they like you know just take out or maybe yeah, it's just like sure. I'm just thinking it was like that last like because this is like the spring section. I'm mean, I guess I'm thinking that the last spring section wasn't as long as I remembered it, but I but then again there's a lot of stuff that like like cause there was a lot of points in the series so far where it's like we get to that point in the game and I'm like dang like we got there kind of quick, but then like you look back at like gameplay and it's like okay yeah there was a lot of like filler and like you know fighting and point. having to be a video game for lack of a better way of saying yeah. it so like they kind of just take all that out in the series which is great but yeah some um, i have a feeling that's probably going to be like there's going to be a lot of that gameplay element that's going to be taken out hence why it's so short but but it's still like i saw that 45 minute runtime and it's like dude, i only got 45 more minutes of this like i was hoping for like over an hour but yeah yeah you know it it actually might um it might make sense because there's not there's not a whole lot of stuff that's really going to happen because like you said it's a filler it's supposed to be a video game the whole aspect of where they're trying to go to and where they're traveling you're coming into all the different types of creatures that are trying to kill you yeah i'll call them creatures because they're not like zombies monsters right. infected infected yeah, infected, infected is probably call it, yeah. yeah so it's like it's probably not appropriate to have multiple episodes of them just being chased the whole time yeah you know yeah or like fighting because like i was in like well crazy tangent but like i was watching some of the gameplay like you know after the first like couple episodes just to like place myself like okay like where are we in the story kind of thing and when i was watching it like i was watching just like you, you know those like cinematic cuts where people just do the cutscenes and just one long video like i was watching yeah. one of those and they actually had some gameplay sequence weaved into it so it kind of gave context and i and like i remember there's there's a lot of sequences where like where, like, Joel was, like, fighting, you know, it, like, raiders or, like, other humans, and there wasn't as much of that in the TV series that I noticed, so, and then there's, there's definitely, like, different ways they approached a lot of the storytelling um, to fit, like, a TV narrative, so, um, yeah, I have a feeling there's probably gonna be a lot they kind of, you know, work around and weave out um, in the finale, but, I mean, nevertheless, you know, still looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It might be it might it like the story works perfectly you have all the context that you need to understand it without playing the games or reading yeah. any types of books or like any stories written about the games um to make it work but it's definitely on the verge of falling into that aspect of like you need external resources and reference points to fully understand the characters and like where they are and what kind of world they're actually in yeah because we only get really glimpses of the infected of right, like yeah. what they're truly like capable of um i think the the big moment was when uh they're trying to escape i think it's oklahoma city 
in the in the TV show, but it's supposed to be Chicago well, it's, yeah, or something. It, no, it's Kansas City in the TV show. It's supposed to be yeah, I think Pittsburgh. Was well, yeah, Pittsburgh. I, yeah, I think I think so. But but like the when you see them all break loose from underground and it looks like World War Z level yeah. like infected, <laughs> yeah, like crazy, like Resident Evil <laughs> or uh, but what's that uh. The rage virus from twenty eight days later. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> it was like that level of intensity. So um yeah, but I, I think it makes sense so far. Um I, I'm pretty much looking forward to it, but I'm kinda shocked that it's only forty five minutes like you are. I think it should yeah. be Yeah, I know. I, I read that and was a little confused, but you know, I think they'll have a tight way of telling it. So <laughs> see uh, yeah. See you on Sunday. It's the last one. It's crazy it's already over, but season two is probably gonna be another two years. <laughs> <laughs> to we see it, which is unfortunate, but but I mean this because like I didn't I like thinking about just production wise. I mean this took it took them a year just to film this, like just filming it, and then like post was only like six months. Like it's kind of crazy. It's oftentimes like the other way around, but like it took them no, so long to film this. They were using uh, different seasons, remember? Yeah, so and they, they like they filmed yeah. the the last episode where in like Wyoming or wherever the freaking tundra is in the United States, like North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, I think one, a lot of it was in Canada, like Calgary, I think, or like up there. Like, oh, yeah, um, that makes sense. Or Alberta, maybe. I don't know, it's up there in Canada. Canada, you know. Canadias. Yeah, so. True. But yeah, good series. Anyway, I didn't even ask you what you did, I don't think. Just, oh, we might... uh, I'll, do, I'll do a speed run so we can get into the news, okay? Yep. Um, personal stuff, car got broken into. That was a shame, but <laughs> new tech. I got I got GPS stuff in my car. Nothing was taken. The car wasn't stolen. Windows replaced. Um, yeah, it broke into the window. Replaced. No issues. It is what it is. Um, but I got a GPS tracker in there, and it like lets me know if the car is like broken into, if the car is turned on, if the car moves, uh, if there's vibrations. Like if somebody hits my car, I'll be notified. And it only costs hey. me like ten dollars a month. So to me. Yes, it's one hundred twenty dollars a year, but that's a heck of a lot cheaper than the window. Yeah, so true. <laughs> that's like that's like the meta or the the mindset. Um, unfortunately, I was doing well. This is fortunate, but unfortunately, so the fortunate part is, is I did Halo Infinite horny. I know you might roast me for it because I said I wouldn't play Halo Infinite again. <laughs> but I signed up for the tournament before Charlotte. It got pushed back. I see. I see. Um, uh, our team was absolutely stacked. We didn't drop a single game. We won that tournament. But during the tournament, my upstairs neighbor flooded their laundry room and it went down into my room. Bruh. No damages. No damages. I caught it quick. I mopped it up. I got like towels, everything. And it's all cleaned up. We got a a fan and everything running. But it's it's been a week, man. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> been a week. But good, like let's let's like let's go on a positive note before we really jump into the first article and a lot of games that I'm super excited for. Um, I'm playing old games again on an emulator. I found out maybe like two or three days ago. I might have found out before, but I never really like thought it was going to be easy. Uh, you can turn the Xbox Series S and X into an emulator to play your old games. So what I've been doing is going and burning the old CDs for the GameCubes, for the uh, the Wii's, and Xbox 360. Admittedly, some of the Xbox 360 games, you can still play backwards compatible on the Series X. But you can use emulators and play those games, and you can also set them up so you can play online. So 
it's like madness. I've I've heard reports that people are playing N64 games online, and I want to see how that works. That's but nuts. I'm mostly excited for like Super Smash and most importantly, uh, Mario Party. Mario Party is going to be the big one that I want to have set up and really like connect with old friends that had those games when we were in high school yeah. and get that stuff going together again. Yeah, but, this sounds rad. So like, my only question is, if you yes. like, if you download all these emulators on these Xbox consoles, does it remove the ability to use the Xbox console how it was originally intended? No. Okay. It does not. There you go. See, that, that so, sells me even more right there. Yeah. So there are two different versions that you can get for the emulators. Uh, one is in a developer setup, or the other one is in retail. So developer mode on the Xboxes, you would have to pay, I think it's $20 a month or something like that. It's a, you basically turn your Xbox Series X and S into a dev kit specifically for developers to develop games yeah. and like test themselves and it's cheaper than doing a proper like dev kit dev kit that actually developers use yeah. but i think it's a dev account that you have to have it gives you like almost borderline bios level access to your console completely legal you pay microsoft for that ability the other way is that these guys that develop all the different emulators, they put the games that are compatible with your console onto the Microsoft Store, and you can download it from there. Interesting. So, okay. yeah, from everything I've read, emulators one hundred percent legal. So okay, I downloaded those guys okay. and uh, I loaded up like Sonic Adventure Two Battle, the uh -huh, Battle bro. whatever, and uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi Three. Which yes, we're going to be talking about later ah. is uh, spoiler. Um, I'm very excited about that. That's like all time one of my favorite games, and just like some throwbacks too, man. Um, very much looking forward to it. Another thing is I bought a new cable that works with my uh, guitar for Rocksmith. So Dude. that's the goal. I'm, I'm going to get that. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny yeah. you say that because I literally is like I, I want to start looking into that soon because I uh, I downloaded Rocksmith, Rocksmith a long time ago. But like I just didn't have the proper cable for my guitar. But like I really like been wanting to do that. I think uh it might be the time soon. So it's funny you mention that. Do you do you have it on Steam or console? Uh, Steam. That, okay, you you're gonna want to double check because I had the Steam version and they rolled out some type of update. This is Ubisoft, right? They rolled up some type of op update that ruined the game, and there's no support for the game anymore. Yeah. So if yeah, if you have the update, then it's not gonna work properly. But they give you the ability to roll it back to like a beta format. Okay. I'll just so, look into um, that if I actually want to do it then. Yeah. yeah, it was like five to ten bucks at my local like Goodwill, um, <laughs> the Rocks Rocksmith. And I was like, yeah, okay, easy. I already have the cable. I, the guitar's right here. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed it. No. I also have a guitar. I have a guitar. Well, I almost grabbed that camera, but I have a guitar <laughs> over here on the wall hanging up. So I'm like, dude, I I gotta start getting back into something. No, there you go. But, there you but go. I feel like we've been ranting too long. Too long. Let's like we've been ranting for a good 15 minutes. So let's like jump in to the stories and just keep it moving for the rest of them. I think we should too. Um, yeah, we're gonna start off. Got some uh, got some announcements, some game showcase announcements, huh? It's that time of yes, year, sir. Mike. 
even though it's pretty much year-round up until June, just like announcements, I feel like, for stuff. But Microsoft confirms that they are, um, that this year's Xbox Game Showcase will be airing on the 11th of June. This is just ahead of E3. This is from Eurogamer, Matt Wales, the GOAT. Um, he wrote that Microsoft has announced it'll be holding this year's Xbox Game Showcase on the 11th of June. That isn't, of course, particularly surprising news. Microsoft has long favored the pre-E3 Sunday slot for its big announcement showcase, and it's one it's clinging onto even after reports that they won't be participating in this year's E3. As to the specifics of the showcase, Microsoft isn't saying much right now, only that it'll run ahead of a special Starfield-focused Direct at some currently unspecified time, which we will be reporting on next article, because um, <laughs> there's updates on that. Um, but understandably, Microsoft has been focusing on its more immediate state of re- immediate slate of releases in recent times, namely the next Forza Motorsport uh, installment, Redfall, Starfield, and with launches of all those titles now on the horizon, it'll hopefully be turning its attention to some long-announced first-party games we haven't heard much from in a while. These include oh. the these include the initiative spin on Perfect Dark, um, Obsidian's um, Avowed, which I think Avowed was that like um, if I'm not mistaken, that was like the RPG that they like teased. <laughs> it's like we didn't see much of, but it's like Obsidian RPG, and everyone's like ah. I think that's the I could be yeah it's completely it's, it's wrong, a but. no no you're correct it's a it's gonna be on Unreal Engine five by Xbox Game Studios it is an RPG they just the fact that it's by Obsidian it gets a lot of pro, like hype yeah. but yeah. overall it's uh it's kind of been showcased back in July 2020 but we don't know very much information about it outside of that yeah anyways hopefully we we'll hear something about that Ninja Theory's Hellblade two some more about that uh playground games highly anticipated fable reboot which as i feel like we've been talking about for years and years and years at this point and like yeah i want to hear some more stuff on that um because yeah i mean fable come on dude you play fable 3 because i played it for like 10 minutes it was the best 10 minutes of my life let me tell you mike (laughs) but anyway so fable reboot could be uh could be more info on that um well any of these um or indeed the sea of these monkey island crossover i'm currently uh, attempting to will into existence i you know monkey island is one of those weird things like i saw like return to monkey island happen recently that's like a huge yeah. like thing i never played monkey island so i don't know i, I need to see what the hype's about but anyway um but yeah i mean it, will any of these uh actually surface on the showcase i mean this is stuff i would love to see that's actually gonna happen who knows um as for E3 itself, and again, just a reminder, E3 is the is from June 13th to 16th, so this is, you know, two days before the actual um, showcase starts, and again, Microsoft isn't technically going to be there, neither is Nintendo uh, or Sony. Neither is you know, PlayStation, yeah, Sony. <laughs> like, anybody, um, I feel like, so, yeah. Um, I mean, this certainly, uh, yeah, but j- just hearing that there still is a showcase of some sort is always exciting. I'm glad that they're, we're still keeping these, like, going, even though, you know, there's no tie-in directly to E3. And it kind of just shows, like, because, like, when, because I know for me, like, I'm, my immediate first thoughts is when it's, like, okay, E3 is, like, not happening, or E3 is, like, just, like, kind of, or, like, these companies aren't going to be at, at E3, you immediately think, okay, are there going to be showcases? Because, like, if they're not going to be at E3, what's the point? But, I mean... It just, it's clear that, you know, it's just, you know, these companies are so big at this point that they just do their own thing. <laughs> they don't have to be exactly, <laughs> tied yeah. to, you know, E3 and anything like that, or like Summer Games Fest. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be interesting to see this. I, um, 
you know, last, I think last year's like showcases, we kind of agreed they were like, they were good, but it's not like it's, but, but we, I think both, we both came to the consensus of like, it's going to be probably like this year, next year's and 2025s that are going to be like the, this oh, is where yeah. it's going to start the getting amazing, ones. you know, especially after oh, Unreal Engine 5 has been like cooking and brewing, like this is where we're going to start seeing some heat. So, um, yeah, it's certainly exciting nonetheless, but man, Arnar, are you ready for the 11th of June, Mike? Ready for that Sunday? Yeah, well, I'm I'm ready for pretty much the entire month of June, just in general. Um, being in the northern hemisphere, it's gonna be nice. But in terms of video game E3 and all these other showcases that are coming out, dude, it's gonna be great. I think across the board, the one thing that's got me arguably the most excited is the fact that uh, they're mentioning Perfect Dark and possibly bringing that back. Yeah. It's just little little games like that that are throwbacks that are going to be very successful. It's like obviously Redfall looks pretty good, and then Starfield, that's been so hyped up. And next article being Starfield, it's like hopefully, uh, hopefully all these games have a successful, I guess demo premiere in a way yeah. that isn't broken on release. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but yeah. we. We did go into your point about what we were theorizing on was how COVID and the lockdown has basically pushed everything back a couple of years. And we're about one full year out of normalcy and like air quotes here. But next year, we're probably going to see some like pretty serious games. And along with the new entry of Unreal Engine 5, it's like, dude, there's going to be some serious potential for really, really good games coming out where we can like really utilize the hardware that we've had for so long. Yeah. I mean, dude, two, three years in the oven, right? I mean, it's going to be pretty much Unreal Engine 5 is going to be like, it, it's been, it it's been cooking for two years, you know? So I think we'll start seeing like more uh, the capabilities of like the newer upcoming titles. And mm-hmm. yeah, dude, it's exciting stuff, man. I ain't going to lie. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Yeah. I don't know. We, we've been talking about Starfield so much, Mike. Is that time? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into Starfield. So this article is from Video Game Chronicles. It is Starfield. Well, first of all, it's from uh, Jordan Midler. Uh, Jordan Midler. This article, I think we read by Jordan Midler. I think so. Uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty credible video game journalist too. So <laughs> it's interesting. It yeah, like took us this long. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, um, it's kind of surprising, but anyways. So this is about Starfield. Uh, the article's title: Starfield releases delayed until September and showcase scheduled for June. The game was initially planned to release during the first half of the year. So, in an announcement video published on Wednesday, Bethesda confirmed that the game, which was initially planned to release in the first half of this year, will now arrive September 6th. That's, that's a, holy crap, that's like six months, man. Um, the publisher also confirmed that Starfield Direct Livestream will take place on Sunday, June 11th. Who would have thought? It's Microsoft Social Showcase uh, Day. <laughs> 100%. So here we go. Bethesda owner Microsoft also confirmed that the Xbox Game at Showcase will take place on Sunday, June 11th, prior to the Starfield show. This would place it on the weekend Summer Games Fest and E3 2023. So funny. So it's this the is from weekend ta- between, sorry to cut you off, but like it's the weekend the- Summer Games Fest, E3. They're just like yeah. shoehorning in between it. So like we don't want to be a part of any of 100%. this. We're just gonna. <laughs> 100%, we're just here. Yes. They're like, yeah, 
we're gonna build all the hype around e3 and like summer games fest but by the way we're gonna do our own thing <laughs> screw you enjoy it <laughs> so uh todd howard the the man from bethesda himself uh he said from myself and everyone here at bethesda we are so excited to finally tell you when starfield is coming out this year we have poured ourselves into this game and even i'm surprised how much we can pour it is large Howard also referenced the Starfield Direct, which is scheduled to take place in June during the traditional thought of as E3 week. And he continues on, Todd Howard. But also this June, we are going to bring you into the studio and give you a deep dive into the game at our Starfield Direct. There's so much that we still have to show you. So Starfield was originally scheduled for release on November 11th, 2022. However, in May of 2022, the game was delayed until the first half of 2023. And now it has been delayed until September 6th. So how do you feel about this one, Kyle? Are we raising red flags? Was the promise too big? Are they worried about doing another Fallout 76, releasing broken, half-baked promises, getting absolutely hooked in the reviews and online and the Twitters? What's your take? Dude, you already know they're terrified if they're going to get another Fallout 76. Oh. You already know. I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. That was so bad. Like, everything they put out, you know, it's, it'll take a couple games before those nerves probably, like, go away. But, like, oh, you yeah. know, it's... You they know, can't mess at least, up. And, like, they, this one in particular, it's like, they can't mess up. Like, you need to make sure this is good. Um, am I raising red flags? No, not yet. I mean, if we're if we're talking about another delay after this, then it's kind of like, all right, what's going on? That's when it's like I start getting worried. But like, you know, I mean, this because they said delayed, and yeah, it is technically a delay because it was supposed to be the first half. But like, I mean, they also the fact that there wasn't a set date and it was first half, and we're already halfway through, we didn't hear anything. I was fully anticipating there's going to be at least some sort of delay. Um, frankly, I thought it was if there was a delay at all, it'd probably be like November. So the fact that it's you know September is actually. I think kind of like it's like okay, it's not as bad as I anticipated, but um, but you know it's it's this proves to me this thing they I, I was I'm mean, I was almost gonna say they can delay it as much as they want because I they they need to do whatever they can to avoid the Fallout seventy six happening again. So I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm totally I'm totally for this and I totally support it. Um, you know, it's weird. It's like we're gonna get this and football season's gonna start. It's going to be a good September this year. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a good as one. As long as the teams are good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we hope and pray. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the showcase. Um, the fact that it's the same day and it seems like it's, yeah. I mean, it seems like the, so the Xbox showcase is prior to this. So it's going to be before and then we're getting the Starfield end up. Um, so that'll be pretty interesting. Um, it, it'll be a lot to, uh, be a lot to look at that day. So I'm very much excited for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the, from the gameplay we saw so far, I mean, it, it looked pretty decent. Um, I'm very curious to see what they're going to show in the next one, how in depth they're going to get. Um, I mean, yeah, but just from looking at Absolutely. it from an RPG aspect, I mean, it looked like, you know, it looked like a fun game from what I saw. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to see, uh, what they're willing to tell us before the actual launch. So it seems like it's the, uh, it's going to be the tell all on June 11th. It- it really, yeah, it really might be. I think uh, Bethesda can't mess up again. I mean, there's so many devs that we've said that, like, they can't mess up again, and then they do something worse over <laughs> and over again. Um, 
I think I think with the whole Fallout seventy six and the way it launched and the dis the disconnect between their development team, upper management and marketing, with yeah. like the actual product of the game. The the only like worst launch I've ever seen was Halo Master Chief Collection. That game was unplayable for like two years. Like seventy six actually became playable nine to like fourteen months kind of thing. It became <laughs> yeah. playable. Right. But um a, a little bit of context that we can add to this article is well the article really continues on is that the todd howard was speaking with lex friedman friedman yeah friedman, lex friedman. Yeah. yeah about about three months ago and he claimed the decision to delay starfield was a tough one but it was fighting it, it was the right thing to do is what he said in quotes and that bethesda was working with the top engineers at xbox to make the game sing on consoles so one of the things that had me interested with this is um the the fact that we've heard several times that there's reports from developers like even on Twitter saying that it's very difficult for them to develop for the Xbox Series X and then develop for the Xbox Series S. And they want to get rid of that completely going to the Series S and they want to get rid of going to the Xbox One X yeah. just because it's not a good system for them to build on. I don't know exactly what the issues are. I think there's a difference in RAM, possibly CPU power, maybe graphics power. Yeah. But there's obviously a major issue that the engineers at Xbox have done that make the devs hate designing for their consoles. Yeah. And the fact that like Bethesda is now owned by Microsoft and they're essentially like building exclusivity for all their future games, that can be kind of a concern. Yeah, I mean for sure. I look, I mean I think it gets to a point where like um I think we're seeing games just outgrow the old technology and it's like when you see it released like and, and like don't get me wrong there's like always limitations they can put in place if they actually take time on the older consoles to make sure they work right but like i mean you know i mean i can understand dev's frustrations with trying to you know develop for multiple different platforms and trying to make it work on hardware that simply just you know arguably shouldn't even like be relevant anymore <laughs> so it's um, yeah i can see it but this but we're talking about like the series s yeah which know? is you know yeah which launched with the series x right so it's yeah like, yeah it's supposed yeah. to be the cheaper version and they promised it like the only difference being I, I believe the only difference was the storage capabilities and the the resolution it can output at certain frames per second right yeah i think so I mean, that was the main I difference think that was right? the main so this was like gpu and storage capacity yeah but, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I could argue too that the the whole Xbox Series S, like, like let's get rid of that. I think that's ridiculous because it's like, come on, like they came out at the same time. Understand it's different hardware, but like, but it, you know, yeah, it, it shouldn't. Especially if you take the time, the proper time to make the game, you should be able to work around the limitations of that console at least. You know, at like a bare yeah, minimum. At least I understand ruling out the Xbox One, the Xbox One X. Yeah. Even PlayStation Five developers are having that issue. They're just like, we're not going to design for the PC, PS4. Yeah. Like we're done with that completely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a tough sell. There's a lot of Xbox Series S going around there. They're like two hundred fifty dollars used, three hundred dollars, yeah, brand new. Cheap. And when it comes to well, sort of cheap, depends. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Xbox Series X is what like five hundred dollars with a game and a controller. Yeah, something like that. So four fifty yeah. maybe like if you can get a crazy deal. Yeah, micro center level deal, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's a 
yeah, that, that, that's just basically my thought process on the whole situation. Yeah. I'm most looking for hearing from the developers, seeing some actual footage, not not this like in-game rendered footage. You know what yeah. they say? Yeah. It's just like yeah, I think we. I, I want to see somebody playing. Yeah, I, mean, I think we saw an engine footage in the last one, and obviously the first thing all of like the Twitch chat was saying in the stream was like, oh, 20 FPS, lol. And they were just like <laughs> dogging yeah. the frames because apparently there were some framey parts, but yeah, I mean, I don't super know. Framey. Yeah. And, and also, I just have to say, I didn't even say in my update, but when I was at like Walmart this past week, guess what I saw in the PlayStation section for once? All all ps5s i saw some ps5s in there i was like oh look yeah. at that ps5 right there we, they just they right out there, here. 500 right there, right there. They're, really out here. <laughs> they're out man they're tell, out. tell me this i'm gonna slight roast slight slight add-on um how is it that i can play ps3 2 i could probably play ps4 but ps3 2 and 1 and on my xbox series x and s through emulation but I can't do any of those games stock with a PS5. Answer it, Sony. That's come on. I just found that out, and it's it like blew my mind. But that that's that's, that's neither here nor there. But and you want uh, and, and Sony's complaining about COD exclusivity. Oh my gosh, you need to get your base <laughs> yeah. settled first, dog. Like what? What, what a segue. <laughs> what a segue. What a segue dude. to talk about our 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 favorite gaming division of sony <laughs> yeah man all right we have a uh we have some posture patents like coming out of sony here pulled this article from sammy ba sammy barker at uh push square uh sony wants you to sit up straight while you're playing your ps5 and ps4 i mean i feel like i probably could have told you that but you know it's just proper posture you know um, it's the right way to do it you don't yeah. want sciatic issues like me and me <laughs> it's that's bad it's bad um but yeah, so anyways, uh, a new PlayStation patent filed a few years ago uh, was published this past week, and it hopes to fix your posture while you're playing, so no more slouching or slumping while you grind out your Fortnite quests. I didn't write that joke. That was the author. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the document's uh, abstract, as spotted by Optac, explains a, a game intervention server may evaluate based on learning modules, posture, and physical motions for players for repetitive unbalance and excessive motions, as well as gameplay quality patterns, and compare to thresholds for identifying unhealthy conditions. It's getting kind of crazy. Um, this is, he said, uh, obviously, unless you're playing something like Pistol Whip or PSVR 2, you're probably playing your game sitting down. And you should probably know by now that extended periods in the same position aren't good for yep. you. Yep. Yeah. Aren't exactly good for <laughs> Aren't exactly good for you. Um, Sony's uh, patent proposes proposes reminders to sit up straight and even hypothesizes systems that could potentially detect repetitive strain based on the buttons you're pressing and the way you're using the analog sticks. Which I think is kind of wild. <laughs> like the fact that they're using just that like that like such yeah. micro level data to speak. Yeah, that. that makes sense though. Yeah. Um <laughs> he says it's worth remembering. Uh, that patents like this rarely get developed to do full finished products, although we suppose it's important for a company like PlayStation to be looking out for the health of its players. Uh, we imagine if any of these technology ever got added to the PS5 or PS4, um, it remain optional, like those apps on sports watches that remind you to move after you've been stationary for a specific period of yeah. time. My Apple Watch does that. Um, sometimes I listen, you know, only sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think 
I think it's interesting the fact that they're trying to use like controller input data to determine what type of position you're actually sitting in. And I mean, I, I, there could be some like there could be some truth behind that, and there could be some theory there. Um, I don't know, but do you think? Do you think just based off controller like inputs alone, Mike, that you know these game companies could possibly help, like remind you to like sit up and you know keep proper posture? Yeah, but it probably had to be an extreme case. So, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of all the different technology that's already in a controller to make it work. So with PlayStation controllers, they're probably the most advanced controllers that you can buy from the major uh, console developers, yeah. I think. like X, They're better than Xbox. They're definitely better than Nintendo. <laughs> um, I think that's really the main two. First party is probably the term I was looking for. They have uh, piezoelectric material and potentiometers in there that can basically figure out exactly how you're holding the controller in such a different way. And yeah. the strain on the joysticks, they can probably be measured too. And how hard you're pressing the buttons, how rapidly, like, you basically have to add some pressure sensors in there. Maybe yeah. they already have it, but they also, like, this could also be tying into the fact that two, three years ago, yeah, I think it was about three years ago, PlayStation started putting in their privacy settings that if you had any type of report or a negative interaction with somebody through a uh, voice chat, they would record that voice chat and then send it to their like terms of service, their privacy and right. like prevention or whatever, like threat prevention software. Um, so maybe this could be kind of a breach of privacy, but if it's optional, then they can exclude it. It's definitely possible, I think. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, why do you? Everybody, every gamer knows that you, your posture is crap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the middle, right? Yeah. yeah, it's probably good for people because gaming's so mainstream now, and I think everybody kind of plays games. Sony is probably ahead of the curve. This might be the one time Sony's ahead of the curve. Maybe yeah, player health and safety. <laughs> in, 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 in a long time, man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, a long time. Uh, I'm kind of for it only because I think it's just it. It's probably necessary, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would agree, I think, to a certain extent. Um, I mean, they could certainly put up a pop-up every now and again, be like, yo, like, sit up straight. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, a lot of people will probably turn that off. <laughs> I'm sure we probably, you know, 80% yeah. of people will turn that off. Um, but if there's, That's I mean, true. look, if there's a logical way they can detect that, though, through, like, controller positioning, or, like, you know, maybe, like, the, the sensitivity of inputs, or, like, if there's heavy strain, right. or if there's not heavy strain, then, like, yeah, I mean, if there's a way they can determine that, yeah, I mean, I'm all for trying to, you know, help people remind them to like sit up straight because there's a lot of people if they like enable this or say they're playing in a certain position or they notice like the controller's like down in a weird way there there's there's a high likelihood they're probably like slouched not really caring and they're just forgetting that's how they're point. sitting and so they get a reminder and it's like oh yeah you know what that's a good point and they sit up and they like get situated and then they're um back to gaming so yeah i mean there's there a lot of good that can come out of this but yeah, I mean, there's just there. I mean, there's also just so many people that don't care. So um, I think Sony would certainly make it optional. And you know, if people care about their health and do more research on like you know the effects of sitting, I think I think they'd probably be uh, more yeah. keen to having this enabled. So yeah, I think mm -hmm. ultimately this is just a patent. So it's trying to get ahead of the curve. I think the fact that uh, this is probably most going to be used for people that are already health conscious that will yeah. actually use it. And just a couple of reminders of like, hey, man, you've been playing games for two hours straight. Do you want to yeah. take a break? Because yeah. that's easily measurable. Like you can count 
you can basically set a, a timer for whenever somebody like hits pause yeah. or like there are no inputs registered on your device right and you yeah. go idle it's like yeah obviously they're probably out walking kind of like how netflix is always yelling at you <laughs> after you've yeah. watched for like two hours straight are you still there yeah yes so yep like um yeah i mean there's always stuff like that and yeah there's always there's things they could do but yeah i mean i agree with you though like props to sony and playstation for trying to you know think outside the box a little bit and try and uh try and see what ways they can help player safety that's not just like you know communication based <laughs> like, Facts. So. let's go sony let's go i think it's time to talk about your favorite game though mike what do you say it's definitely one of my favorite <laughs> animations of all time. So let's get into it. This one is by Games Radar, Dustin Bailey. So after a decade surviving on mods, Dragon Ball Z, Budokai, Tenkaichi fans are beyond excited for a new game. You hear that? We got a new game. Finally. It's been a decade. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this article, just to remind everybody, Dustin Bailey from Games Radar is written as a new entry in Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi series has been announced. And after more than a decade supported only by community mods and nostalgia, I felt that in my core, fans are beyond excited to finally get a brand new game. Their first Budokai Tenkaichi launched on PS2 in 2005 and continued with two sequels released on PS2 and Wii in 2006 and 7. I played the one on the Wii with my buddy. Okay, okay. That rhymed. So these were 3D arena-based fighting games with massive stages to brawl in and even bigger rosters to select from. If you ever wanted to pit Goku against characters as obscure as Svapopovich, <laughs> they were your games. So I am super excited. So let me give okay, people okay. a rundown of what Budokai Tenkaichi is. If you ever played Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse, think of a fighting game that's 3D. So like take Tekken, give it Dragon Ball Z characters. They can fly. It's 3D and they can like zoom around the map and stuff. Yeah. And there's like crazy abilities that turn into like Mortal Kombat level where you like hit people and it launches them to the other side of the planet, sometimes through the planet. Dang. And it's insane, dude. It's such a good fighting game. I feel like I've seen this game before. I feel like I've had to have at some point seen gameplay of it. It's it's wild, man. So the the big thing is is uh this article that they basically like finish with it, like there's another paragraph here. It goes that's why serious uh, series fans has been subsisting, whatever existing <laughs> on mods for Budokai Tenkaichi three, which is arguably the most popular one and most expensive one and most rare one if you're on the Wii is for much of the past decade they've been doing this. So while console games aren't typically known for their modability, uh, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of hacks for the PS2 game, adding everything from Dragon Ball Z super characters to utterly bizarre crossovers with the likes of SpongeBob SquarePants and John Wick. Dude, nice. the, like, the game is so cracked. So the <laughs> fact that they're like officially announcing... That is going to be coming back, dude. I'm so excited. Uh -oh. um, let's see what this... I'm actually... Let's read some Reddit re, uh, reactions to this. So scroll okay, down. Okay. You see this first GIF? It's like me and the boys when Budokai Tenkaichi <laughs> 4 is announced. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 
the thing is, is Bud- I thought Budokai Tenkaichi 4 exists. Yeah, I, I don't know. Apparently not. Uh, Apparently it's 3. <laughs> so, uh, maybe the most notable of those mods is Budokai Tenkaichi 4. A fan game. I didn't know that was a fan. Bro. Bro. I'm going to find that. <laughs> I'm going to find that tomorrow. I didn't know that. I thought Budokai Tenkaichi 4 existed. Like, I thought that was like, think- okay. Okay. We, we learn right. now. All right, this, let's read the Reddit post that somebody wrote. Um, I'm 30 years old. I just saw it. I'm close to tears, no joke. My body is so <laughs> pumped of joy. I just can't. 17 years since Tenkaichi 3. It's happening. I gave up on DBZ games long ago. I still know on the PS2, we thought PS3, we thought PS4 will give us anime-like fights. You know, kid, imagine. But to see that two gens... Nothing surpassed the Budokai and Tenkaichi games was a disappointment. Okay, Fighter Z was great, but it's pure fighting game, albeit the best graphics ever, but it's not the old itch. It reminded me of the PS1 DBZ games, which is true. <laughs> you don't know what I mean when I say Budokai Tenkaichi, man. You don't know. For me, at this age group, this game, bro, I th- this is all aligning. I told you. I was like, I'm going to emulate games again to play Budokai yeah. Tenkaichi 3. That was like the main thing I said. And what's happening? <laughs> Two days later, they're like, by the way, we're going to launch a new Budokai game. Budokai Tenkaichi game. Everyone's like, yeah, and I trust, I, I have I have a lot of friends that are huge into Dragon Ball and they play all the games. And every time it's kind of like, like Fighter Z was like, like he said, Fighter Z was like, okay, this isn't bad. But like, yeah, it's, it's, all just, it's all just kind of been like, for the most part, like the other games have just been kind of mediocre since. So, oh yeah, it sounds like there's actually a good Dragon Ball game coming up. <laughs> Bro, it's Xenoverse 2 was really good. Like, Fighter Z, that was a fun game. But when I tell you that Budokai Tenkaichi was the game, that yeah. took like the fighting genre to me to a whole new level. And just if you're a big fan of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and even GT, they had some characters there too. And it's like, if, if you're a fan of that, it's going to blow your mind, man. Yeah. Like, if you're a Dragon Ball fan, you have to play this game. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, I mean, so I'm I'm very much excited. As you can tell, I'm pretty geeked. I mean, dude, do we see Budokai Tenkaichi at Evo? The next Evo, dude? Do we see it? <laughs> do you think it's that level Ooh. of like? Do you think it's like a tournament style fighting game? I guess is my question. Uh, I don't. I think it's kind of just like a hop on and just mess around. All right, I know people that were absolutely cracked, and I know there was local tournaments for it. I don't know if it's at that level of evo i think evo is its own thing i think i think evo is its own thing in terms of competitiveness in terms of cultural impact because of the dragon ball level ip and how mainstream it is yeah i think that will carry it to whatever i think it'll be smart for evo to include it okay because it'll give more props to evo yeah like i i would argue this is, might be a hot take, but I would argue that Dragon Ball is bigger than Evo itself. <laughs> I don't think very many people okay. know about Evo. I mean, yeah, that's a good. But point. I think everybody knows about Dragon Ball. A lot more people definitely know about Dragon Ball for sure. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. So, um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm super excited. Have you ever seen or played or have you even heard about Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi before I even talk to you about it? To, to be honest. Like I said, I probably saw a gameplay of it, but I didn't know it was Budokai Tenkaichi. I just probably thought it was like a really like 
sick looking like Dragon Ball game. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm sure I've seen I it before. But um. I sent you the intro theme music. Yeah, <laughs> I posted it to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm happy that uh Dragon Ball might be getting a decent game, albeit kind of the uh, older formula, but they know it works. So why not? You know not dude I mean, don't dude, fix what ain't broken you have a community here too that's modding and trying to just like keep the game alive too it's like dude, this the is new favor, to me man you know? this is new to me i i had zero clue that was happening so i'm i'm beyond excited to go figure out that situation play spongebob and budokai takaichi dude that'd be so imagine weird. dude kind of crazy right? i wonder if there's a shrek mod they got Shrek? Oh, probably, dude. <laughs> they got Shrek we can figure this. something out. <laughs> we can figure something out. I just hope it's more successful than whatever the heck was going on with multiverses. That's, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's where I'm dude, at. 99% of the player base is gone. Rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely tragic. Yeah, all these yeah. fighting games, dude, just losing. You know what soccer lose? Goddamn Kaiji. Oh. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. All right, enough of Dragon Ball. Hit us with the next article, Kyle. It's time to talk about some IRL stuff. IRL video game related stuff. Um, I pulled this article from The Wire. Or the Wired. I had the D at the end there. Um, pulled this article from The Wired. It's about... Um, it's about uh, some kind of IRL... Uh, I guess like... I, I want to say like almost augmented reality style of games. Um, so immersive video games are coming to a theater near you. The founder of the Tough Mudder, which I actually have heard of before. It's like the... Oh, yeah. Tough Mudder's actually <laughs> yeah. super fun. Yeah. Founder of the Tough Mudder's next venture is an interactive game box, uh, affectionately called a theme park in a box. So it's pretty interesting. Well, uh, I won't... The article is pretty lengthy. I, I did read it beforehand. Um, but yeah, it kind of just talks about like, you know, the business model, kind of what's the plan. Like, um, but I'll just... I'll go over sort of... Um, I'll just kind of try to go over highlights. Um, and kind of where this all started. So, um, so there's essentially these game boxes, um, is the way they're called. Uh, I just, let, let me make sure I find the, uh, right article here. So, um, immersive game boxes name of it. It's a name of the actual, um, cube itself where, uh, they play games. It's a, uh, um, it says a British, there's a British company that makes it. The box uh, started rolling out in 2019 in London. They've since expanded to play um, centers, malls, movie theaters. Um, they're now in 20 U.S. markets. Uh, so you could find these across Dallas, San Jose, Denver, Salt Lake City, New York City, um, tons of others. This is set to expand to 100 other locations. Uh, Will Dean uh, previously co-founded Tough Mudder, uh, the Tough Mudder Obstacle Course event company, said that this is a sophomore startup. And he's looking to do something similar involving group play, but in the tech space. He said, uh, he, he said, I became really interested in the idea of taking the dynamics of a video game, which is an individual versus the environment, and creating something that's all about team bonding. I think I'm good at understanding what makes things fun, and we live in an age where, unfortunately, technology isn't bringing us together in the ways it might have 15 or 20 years ago. Um, Dean says he looked at VR, but he felt that it wasn't collaborative enough. Instead, he began building off inspiration from tech like the original Nintendo Wii to start working on a smart game room that would use projection, motion tracking, and um, LiDAR, which I think is how you say that. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Uh, the first, first prototype made in 2018 um, was a version of Pong with two players moving around the room functioning as the paddles, which <laughs> sounds cool. pretty interesting. Um, he said it was super basic, but it was fun, and I think people enjoyed it. Um, 
the company then began working on uh, working to raise capital. As investors got interested, they built a model of putting out easy-to-assemble game rooms that they could build locations around or franchise to others. Um, Dean began calling a theme park in a box. Uh, the company has built its own original games, but also partnered with companies like Netflix and Rovio to do licensed versions of existing IP. Uh, first U.S. location at um, Grandscape and Entertainment Complex or Dallas was set up by a separate team and operated remotely as the London team was uh, stuck overseas due to pandemic restrictions. Um, he said it was frankly quite petrifying. Um, anyways, so <laughs> you kind of like get a little bit of backstory there. Um, but how these actually work. So at first glance, the interactive game box looks like it's made up of giant screens on the inside, uh, but they're actually simply white walls onto which, onto which a projector in the ceiling casts images. Cameras in the corners pick up movement from sensors on the visors worn by each player. Those movements can be interpreted as interactive inputs, such as jumping on a specific spot in the room or touching a spot on the wall as if the games were responding to button presses. The games are set up and run by an employee outside of the cube using an iPad or web interface, but they can also be run and monitored from an off-site location. So there's some images too in the article. It looks pretty interesting to see, just like the projections. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's pretty, I think it's pretty smart. It's kind of just white walls and you have like the game projected on um, these walls and then like how the uh, user actually interacts with the walls. It's picked up by cameras so they can see where they touch and everything. Um, I love this concept too. And the, the article goes on a little bit more. Um, and at least, um, so how it works is that two to six players check on an iPad. They sign some safety waivers and they enter the cube. Each player wears a different colored visor that corresponds to their on-screen avatar. And the games last anywhere from 15 to 60 minutes. An hour of gameplay costs about 30 to $35, depending on the location. Uh, the games are for ages Jeez. five and up. Titles like, they have titles like Shaun the Sheep, Champion Sheeps for, your, for the kids out there. Uh, they also have Temple of Coins. Uh, just catered more towards families but they also talk about this article a squid game style game for adults <laughs> so it's kind of like you uh go through all the squid game trials um so th there's a lot of like little stuff like that but this is certainly an interesting way to do things and like the hats or the visors look so funny because they got like these like antenna like they almost look like a fish oh, yeah. <laughs> like on the um actual antennas but yeah i mean i I love this concept, and when I hear like, oh, it's anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, you get a certain time, I immediately think of like, almost like an escape room type vibe, where it's like you oh, go yeah, to like these places, and you just get like an hour to two hours to try and like, do stuff as a team and like interact with people. It's kind of like that, but this is like more of kind of a, a video game style. Um, and yeah, I mean, so, I mean, there's, they go on to say, um, at a theater in North Antonio, um, there's two game boxes in operation. Uh, there's one like outside of a bowling alley, one at a full, uh, full bar outside movie with the movie screen areas. Um, there's, yeah, they pretty much just talk about, you know, this is kind of where they are in some cities like Chicago. Uh, they have as many as 11 game rooms in the same location. Um, and the idea is that, and the way Dean kind of explains it is like he, the idea is to kind of franchise this out. So similar, I kind of think about this in like Mr. Beast burgers. How like Mr. Beast like yeah. franchises out his burger joints to all these other places and just sends them the supplies to do it. They just pay that and then they just take revenue. That's kind of the idea here. They just like companies will buy um the packs. He goes into pricing and stuff too. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um because uh, the game box offers uh its tech as a franchise requiring close to fifty thousand dollars in investment funds, about three hundred sixty thousand for the hardware per unit, uh according to the company's website, plus marketing, booking, and other fees. Uh, it also does some partnering with companies who share revenues on the games. So it's quite a bit of an upfront cost, but the idea is that, you know, you make it back Jeez. fairly quickly. <laughs> um, 
but yeah i mean i don't know i i think this is pretty cool i certainly want to i'd certainly be down to check something like this out uh they're they're say he, you know his goal is he wants to see this at over a thousand sites um he um yeah. he even said like you can he also had an idea of possibly using this for like work training in the future so you can like see it at like work sites and stuff like that once they uh figure out the tech but um but yeah he said his idea is he wants to you know see it at gyms airports cruise ships even at WeWorks. <laughs> seeing like the WeWork work buildings um maybe see some in there too um yeah that would work yeah i mean I, there's a lot of plans for this i spit a lot of info i need to know what you think mike <laughs> is this something you want to participate in you know your your original like comparison about how it's similar to an escape room i i did a quick google right so let's just break this down so most games for an escape room in 2022 according apparently the average escape room prices at escaperoomtips.com is uh between $33 and $39 per person and the going rate for this you mentioned was anywhere from 30 to 35 35 yeah so that basically fits in right around there so yeah. i i feel like that's a really fair price if it's similar to an escape room to be honest, I'd be more interested in going to an interactive game set up like this, but I'm biased. I've been playing games forever. Yeah. And we're a game <laughs> podcast, so I think most people would think that. But in a way, escape rooms are a game. Yeah, so, for sure. Well, not even in a way. It is by literal definition. It's just not like a video game. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I did a quick check to see their locations as well. They got a couple in Colorado, Denver, yeah. precise. Like... They have several in California. They have a lot coming to Atlanta. Uh, Illinois is on this list for Chicago. Salt Lake City, Arlington. Like, basically, Texas, as all things that's gaming-related, has, like, 18 <laughs> different... Uh, not 18. They got four, five? One, two, six? Yes, five. Sorry, five. But they're all in the same area. So, Woodlands, Houston, Colony, Dallas, and Antonio. San Antonio. And then they're apparently headquartered in Lower Manhattan. So... I think this is pretty interesting. I think I would very much like to check it out if I'm in any of those cities. And the franchise tag, dude, that's expensive. Like you can yeah, get it's a lot of upfront. Yeah, you can you can set up like an actual fast food restaurant for less than that, <laughs> probably um, with property. So it's a uh, it's kind of wild that that franchise uh, franchise tag is so high. But I think it's not a bad idea. I, I think this is very interesting and. To see it in an airport, dude, I would one hundred percent check that out. All right. In a gym? Like what's Yeah, depending the on the use gym? case, right? <laughs> like yeah, is like, it is it game what, related? Is it something else? Like what's the what is the use in a gym setting? <sighs> Yo, that's actually a good point. I, I would be cracked at Wii Sports. I, that'd be kind of that'd back. be kind of sick like i'm not gonna lie connect, had, like, connect wasn't there like a connect workout thing too yeah i think it was, like, it was like zumba yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah zumba zumba was the big one but i yeah. think that was also on Wii. um it doesn't matter there there's definitely potential for this to be in multiple different scenarios it, on a cruise ship that would be like number one that should be the first thing that they do so yeah i mean i could see cruise lines eating this up um, easily see, the thing easily. Is, all included yeah, I mean, there, there's an opportunity Jeez. for, like, cruise lines to do it. My biggest thing, this is the perfect partnership. You ready? We're talking, we're talking, what was the name of it? it, it interactive Game Box. We're talking Interactive Game Box X, Dave & Buster's. Match made in heaven right there. Oh, my Dude, God. You get a Dave & Buster's, bro? Funny. You know what I'm saying? Dude, yeah, yeah Dave & Buster would be good. There's, uh -huh. 
anything related to like the go-kart places if you go to yeah. go-karts anywhere they always have those like game studios and they always have like our old like arcade games yeah. that 100 percent would be good they also have putt-putt so yeah there you dude, go. that would be that would be a vibe that would be great actually yeah. and dude telling you there's land, i could land centers i'm saying like i see a lot of places where this could work so um, yeah yeah i'll be curious to it's, see you know how it goes yeah yeah we need to go check it out we need to we need to make a trip down when they open up in atlanta there's yeah, good food there yeah 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 i'm do i've been to atlanta in a very long time so i want to go back uh, on the real i think you're more likely to get one than i am being you yours, so? yeah, yeah, you got a bit of a, a tourist hub going on there. This would be perfect for tourist areas, like laser tag areas. Yeah. You guys got a ton of laser tag places down there, don't you? True, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, we don't have none of that here. <laughs> we have just a bunch of like college kids, new professionals drinking and throwing. Uh, uh, what are they called? Like, not daggers, not ninja stars, but like the chocolate block. Not darts. No, Excellent. that that. Uh, axes yes <laughs> axe axes was the word <laughs> axe throwing there's like axe throwing everywhere here yeah. axe throwing in breweries welcome to the south like <laughs> that's basically what we got going on yeah. um i'm looking forward to this i think there's a lot of potential i i want to check this out yeah. really for sure yeah yeah if i'm ever in an area it's probably something if i uh if i remind myself i'm definitely gonna see if i'm near one yeah like be a fun thing to do vr is the future man yeah and i would just like to play pong yeah, right. I was just like to play pong, dude. It's gonna be the <laughs> battle. <laughs> just like, be like, no, no, <laughs> like rolling back and forth with your arms. <laughs> yeah, right. And funny. Yes, sir. Uh, you know what's not funny, though, Mike. You know oh what's not my! Funny. You Gosh. know what's not funny, bro? Dude, I love. Can I? Can I just get a shout out to my boy Kyle Heath for giving me my favorite topics? He didn't have to do it, but he did it. We talked about Dragon Ball Z, Budokai Tenkaichi. Now we're going to talk about, oh my gosh, we're going to be talking about CSGO. Dose. The sequel. I didn't think Valve could do it. I thought they were too busy making that sweet, sweet money on Steam. But apparently, <laughs> this, is actually, this actually might happen. I, I don't believe it, really. But everybody keeps talking about it, so we got to talk about it. Yep. So... This article is from Inverse, which this is the first time we've ever covered Inverse. I think so. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, J Joseph Yaden, Yaden, probably. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, let's let's go for it. So, supposed Counter Strike Two leaks indicate a sequel is imminent. What to know? So, a new Counter Strike built on the Source Two engine could be in the works. Valve has a rich history in making beloved games, including Half Life, Portal, Left 4 Dead. One of, the, one of its most popular games is an online first-person shooter, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which launched in 2012 and became a hit with esports community. I think it's kind of wild that this man wrote an article like you don't know what Counter-Strike is. It's, yeah. Like, you know what bro, I mean? It's, it, you know what's even crazier, dude? If we're at year 11 of CSGO. Like, what? Dude, they, ju dude like they just hit their all-time highest dude live active players there's still over a million Again. players daily daily a million players it's one of the That's few so games that actually crazy. does it easy it's so crazy so when people let me get I'm, I'm about to hurt somebody's feelings if you're out here saying that modern shooters need to have all these different sprint mechanics these clambers these like 
crazy wild functionalities like you need to be Titanfall grappling across the map because it needs to be modern like it needs to be great for having a modern feel of movement to be successful look at counter-strike it's been the same game for 11 years they're chilling so dominates dude crushing it you're trying to when make it's these... not broke don't try to fix it man you're trying to make all this advanced movement shake the, the shake up the industry and all that Dude, yeah, and it. speed lines and just, crap. Just, like, make it, just make a tactical shooter. What are we doing? <laughs> like, just, just stop, man. Like, just stop. Valorant still doing well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like Valorant. Cool. Valorant's yeah. cool. Valorant's cool. But I mean, like Counter Strike. I mean, you're just a knockoff Counter Strike with super. I don't They're care. Sorry. Look, look, CS:GO walked so Valorant could sprint down the finish line, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Does Val Does Valorant actually have more players than CS:GO though? Not no chance, no chance. I would, right? I would no, no chance. I'm taking no I'm chance. Taking, taking the under on that. There's no way. <laughs> Bro, the, Counter the Strike is like Counter Strike's on a different level to the point. I showed you guys. I, I'm a big simple fan. First of all, we talked about yeah. like who's the best uh -huh. shooter of all time, yeah. FPS player of yeah. all time. Um, when they were doing Brazil Major in Rio, mm -hmm. and you got the players that their aim is literally trembling because the crowd turned the entire arena into a soccer stadium, sorry, football stadium. <laughs> and they're screaming, chanting. It's like the level of intensity on main stage is just unmatched. And you only mm. get that in like high level esports, super popular games. And CSGO is one of those. Um, anyways, I'm done. I'm done nerding. Let's get <laughs> into it. So since then, Valve has supported it tremendously, but now it seems like a full-fledged sequel may be in the works. Referred to as Counter-Strike 2, this new supposed sequel aims to change things from the previous entry in major ways. Here's what we know about the supposed Counter-Strike 2. So, is CSGO 2 in development? Before diving into the leaks and reports, it's important to note that Valve has yet to officially confirm that the existence of Counter-Strike 2 and having said that, there's evidence to suggest that it's in the works and that it's been for a while. Still, until, uh, until we hear official work from Valve, nothing is set in stone. So there is a possible CSGO release window. Much of the information about Counter-Strike 2 comes from the Counter-Strike journalist, Richard Lewis. Do you know who Richard Lewis is? I've heard of that name plenty of times. Mm. Yeah, my man's been covering forever. <laughs> so he's, he report, uh he published a lengthy report uh, recently with the highlights of what to expect for the sequel. Lewis reported that an anonymous source with knowledge of the game's development said that Counter-Strike 2 has been in the works for some time and that a beta will go March or April in 2023. We're talking less than two we're months, brother. Getting, we're, we're getting two months. This month, maybe? Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Yep. It goes, a release date for the full game is unknown, but we could very well see an early version of it within the coming weeks. CS2, or sorry, yeah, well, CS2 really. CSGO 2 leaks. But what else do we know about Counter-Strike 2? According to Lewis, Counter-Strike 2 will run on the Source 2 engine, which will vastly enhance the game's visuals and performance is likely to uh, come at a cost of performance for players with low-end PCs. I mean, come on, guys. To You're be not going to be running on toasters forever like yeah. CSGO can. Uh, <laughs> although Valve's historically has always had a a philosophical of philo sorry has always had a philosophy of empowering those with everyday gaming rigs to be able to play their games elsewhere in the reports lewis sources said the game will include 
120 tick rate servers. 128 tick, baby. Ooh. Get that gunny. Holy crap. We're up there. Uh, which will allow for faster processing, and that matchmaking will be improved overall. Apparently, uh, Counter-Strike 2 is ready to go, according to a source. Lewis mentions that it's unclear if Counter-Strike 2 will replace the original or if they'll exist alongside one another. Yeah, like, I don't know how I feel about that. What do you think? Yeah, Should I, they exist? Mm, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Alongside? Like, if, if you're going to make a sequel, then then you, I, I would say you'd want to run with that as your like main... Um, as your main competitive game, but I guess it just depends on the reception. Um, I mean, yeah, it's because it's the thing. I I feel like it wouldn't make sense to do a Counter Strike League and a Counter Strike Two League. I like or a Counter Strike Go Two League. I like. I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't make sense to me. But then again, I don't know. CS has been in the, it has been cooking in the oven for eleven years. So, you know, maybe it's time to put in a new batch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, maybe cooking. They've been sleeping, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm just excited it's actually going on. Uh, so uh, there's a reference to a twit, uh, Twitter post from somebody named Gabe Follower. And let's see if he... Let's see if this is reputable. Okay, 74.6 thousand followers. Okay, this might this might be something. Okay. Um, yeah, so his tweet is, is something weird just happened. Latest end... Uh, drivers introduce support for unknown app executables called CSGO2.exe and CS2.exe. Why project, uh, why project is called Counter-Strike 2 and what are you cooking? Oh, that's, that's a weird Yeah, tweet. that sentence, uh, I don't know. That's, I don't know if English is first language, but it's fine, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I think it's pretty interesting how they got him yeah. I, I need to actually figure out this download. It, it's apparently called the NVIDIA Profile Inspector. So whenever they do a driver update, yeah. you can actually see what they actually pushed the update for. Yeah. And that's really smart to have the ability to actually see new games coming out. Because yeah. they're obviously going to update the software before the games are released. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Hey, yo, so, yo. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like a new game. It seems like it's engine. Source 2 engine is. I know that Valve really hasn't had a new time, it feels like. Um yeah. it's it's pretty cool, man. I'm I'm excited for it. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean look, they haven't had a game in a while. I think it's That's uh right. I you know, it's we're on like we're entering year eleven, I guess, at this point in CSGO. I think it's uh it's about time we get a sequel of some sort. And like I, I think CS CSGO has had an amazing run, arguably the best probably for any esport. It's literally the longest game I feel like that's ever been like consistent. And the fact yep. that it still pulls numbers to this day, just a testament to um, you know, how popular Counter Strike is and how popular it always will be. I think. Um, yeah, if they release a second game, it's it's gonna bang. Unless it completely sucks, but I don't know if they <laughs> if they, they've been working on it for some time. I think it's a has a very low chance of sucking. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what this comes uh, to be, and it's about time Valve uh, takes their uh, beloved um, IP and does something new with it. So hopefully they don't change the formula too much. I can't imagine they would. I feel like it's. I feel like for the most part it would just be, you know, obviously they'd probably change some guns around, but it would mainly just be like graphical enhancements for the most part, <laughs> just to kind of make it a little more modern. I think the the best thing that Counter Strike Two could do is increase the tick rate which 
it is alleged in this um article yeah. to go to 128 that's really good up the graphics obviously going to be great yeah and then just a higher tick rate better performance just in general have a new engine where everything looks good operates good textures quality blah 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 but i think uh they need new maps they need well-balanced well-made maps and add maybe a couple of different game types i don't know what that would be i i'm not even gonna try to theorize what that could be but mm -hmm. just to add a little bit of extra flair to it because counter-strike is kind of a casual game in some aspects like you still have to be skilled to enjoy it right, but if they yeah. can add a couple of different like modding features open source maybe something going on it could really take off, man. Like, just think about it right now. What are the best shooters, realistically? I think Halo's dead. I think Call of Duty is struggling to stay alive. I think Valorant is just only successful because CSGO has been out for so long. Yeah. And people wanted something you new. Think, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still plays like Counter-Strike. It's based on the same type of play style, but yeah. you have special abilities yeah. now. Counter-Strike with abilities, essentially. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, that's not for everybody. So, what do you think could possibly deter people away from playing Counter Strike Two? Like nothing, right? Yeah, I mean nothing uh, unless, like I said, unless they Apex? change. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Unless they ah, change the base really. formula like drastically and they ruin it, which you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be you know. I think it'll be just as popular, if not more popular, than CS:GO. Which is crazy yeah. to even think about, but yeah. Oh, it's Could definitely, be. dude. This this is gonna pop off because I like I'm a big fan of Counter Strike. I still watch the games, uh, the matches periodically, and I always tune in every now. And then. I still watch like Counter Strike videos every now. And then. If I told you, but I still. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get people like me that grew up playing Counter Strike, playing like Quake, and we want to get back on the game because Counter Strike Two comes out, it's like, dude. Could, it's gonna be insane you went to hcs raleigh yeah. for the release of halo infinite the first event yeah. there were so many people that came back that first played halo 2 yeah like i saw oh, people geez. that i hadn't seen in like 10 years <laughs> oh, or more geez, i saw people where we were just like like call each other like point across the room just like is that so-and-so or just like they, they point me he's like mike it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. having those interactions imagine that with counter-strike but people it's been back. the most popular game arguably ever yeah like it's gonna be crazy dude it's gonna be crazy yeah it's gonna so, be wild man i can't yeah i can imagine that first event for cs for counter-strike 2 be nuts dude pop I'm off so excited. it's gonna be g it's gonna break records you know how we were talking about like steam records yeah for uh elden ring yeah and also for uh what, what was the other one that just popped off hogwarts legacy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the next big pop off is definitely gonna be CS like Counter Strike 2. Yeah. So you already know Summit 1G is gonna be on it. Day one. He's gonna be oh, leading the charge. Already know. Percent. Already know, one, bro. The return of Summit. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> you know what's gonna be funny, dude, is playing he's gonna end up playing with uh like Tim the Tatman yeah. or any of those guys he used to just grind with. He's gonna have to hard carry everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dude's yeah. cracked as Counter Strike. No, yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it, man. I, it, the beta this month would be nuts, dude. It pop off. So 
it's good to get those surprise betas, even though unfortunately this may not be, if it does happen, it won't be as much of a surprise, but still be pretty sick. It's going to be wild, man. Just uh, be if you need me, uh, if you need me in the next week, I'll be playing uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 4. Because <laughs> apparently that's real. So I'll <laughs> see, CS, I'll see uh, you then. CS2 next week. I already know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facts. That'd be insane, dude. I'm so excited. Oh, a lot of stuff on the horizon. Good episode. Good week, you know. A lot of stuff going on. It has been a good week. Yeah. You know. Dude. Personally, could you know maybe some stuff could have you know not happened, could have gone better, but you know, gaming wise, it's been great. <laughs> gaming wise, everything's great, man. It's always great. There's yeah. some things you get a little bit upset about here and there, but in the end, there's always a new game on the horizon. There's always new yeah. content coming around the field, the corner. <laughs> but what? <laughs> but whatever, man. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else to add? I think we covered everything. I think that's yeah. the main topics. The main. The main story headlines, we've got Starfield, we've got CSGO 2, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2, or uh, uh, next 4. Are they going to do 4? That's going to be the interesting part. Are they going to call it 4 even though there's a month? Yeah, I don't know. It'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. but the big thing is obviously um, the showcase for Starfield, CSGO, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think that's really all we got to say. Yeah, that's it. I know we're way over too, so you know. Oh yeah, we're so. Back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're so over. Let's let the people go. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a- for season four. We definitely appreciate you listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you want to join the Discord. We drop pretty much all the news articles that we see in the description and also in the Discord. So if you guys see stuff that you do like, check out. Let us know. Um, yeah, check the check the description below. We appreciate you for tuning in. I'm Michael Anty, Kyle Heath. And we're just going to let you go. Have a good one. See you next week, everybody. Bye. See you.